If the world is gonna world, then why the heck should we even care? Hey, it's Lucas Grobot, and you're listening to the Lucas Grobot Show, where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future. Episode 297, September 1st, 2022. Welcome to the show. This past week, I uh, took a trip to Dubai. Man, it was great being back in the city. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we lived in Dubai for a number of years and uh, great friends there and was able to spend a beautiful afternoon with my old friends in Dubai who I deeply care for. And it was just a great time. Some, some unexpected people showed up and we sat down at a beautiful cafe downtown Dubai in Jumeirah to the moon and back. If you're in Dubai, you should definitely go check it out. And we had some great conversations. And, and one of the topics that came up was, it was a topic that we talk about all the time here on the show, which is what is the difference of, of our personal engagement in the world when it comes to the world being the world and the craziness being the craziness and the, the people who decide they want to live their life in a certain way that is against our our morals or our values, people who do not fear God, people who don't even believe that God exists, people that believe that you're going to reincarnate as a flower or you're going to, you know, do your energy levels and chapras and yoga positions and channel whatever power. And, you know, it's because of that, there's no such thing as evil and everything is just positive and negative energy. And, you know, just believe your own truth. Right, there's the believe your own truth tribe out there that believes that all things are permissible, that all things are beneficial. But if that's the truth, if it's true that the world is going to world and that the craziness across the globe, that the crazy people are still going to be crazy, then why should we waste our breath and energy and effort of whether it's staying informed or, or influencing our community? If the people who are wicked are going to do wickedness, why should we concern ourselves and waste our precious life energy? It's a real question. That was a conversation that we entered into, especially when it comes to the, the I guess cosmic humanism is really what it is. The cosmic humanistic worldview, which is melding in all of the trans LGBT uh, progressive liberal ideologies. I don't like to use the word liberal because really most of us are classically liberal. We, we want to have the liberty to make our own individual decisions without a, a government or without someone else controlling the way that we live our lives, classically liberal. We want to have a, a level of freedom of speech. Again, classically liberal. However, we're not about big government. We're not about the controlling of, of, of governments over every little iota in your life or my life. The government has a, a very important role in everyone's life. That is to create just and righteous rule of law to protect its citizens and to uphold the rule of law. Those are the, the three items that a, a government ought to do. 
Now, when they fail to do any one of those three and they become corrupt and just self-serving, whatever government anywhere in the world, we then look at those governments and say they are not good governments. If a government doesn't have good, righteous laws that truly protect its citizens, we say that's not a good government. If it has good laws but never backs up those laws, we say that's not a good government. If we have a government that doesn't actually protect its people but from outside or inside threats, but instead turns against its people or allows its people to be maligned by other uh, actors, we would say, well, that's not, a, that's not a very good government. So government has a specific role, but that role in, in the individual conservative worldview of people who want to be independent sources uh, for themselves, their families, and their communities w- would say that the government's role is not to babysit you. You know, food is not a human right. Healthcare is not a human right. Yes, it, we should all have it, but it requires someone's labor to get it. It requires someone else giving you something, doing work to give you food, to give you healthcare, to give you running water. Yes, all people should have clean running water. However, It's not an inalienable human right that everyone deserves to be given because it requires labor to get that to an individual, even though everyone should have access to clean water and health care and food. But we can't just assume those things. But big government, the, the progressive collectivist type that want to see a quote-unquote new world order. They want to see the world transformed into the image of man where, where the collectivist is God. That is what they believe. That is what they're pushing. Well, the, the conversation, we got into the thick of the conversation in Dubai with you know many people who have been here on the show. It was a great, great conversation. And it really pushed at the heart of this question, the heart of the question of if the crazies are going to crazy, why should I be involved? Why should I waste my life energy? And the, the arguments were being made, great arguments of, hey, I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to raise my kids in the right way and say, hey, there's people who think this way. They live this way. We aren't part of that. That's not who you are. This is the standard of who we are. And this is, we say that on the show. I fully agree with that. Every day of the week, that is what we ought to do. First, we take control of our own domain of influence in society. That's our, our person. And then the next kind of sphere or circle would be our family. And then outside of that would be our immediate surrounding. And then the further it gets away from us, the less and less influence we have, the more influence becomes diffused. So what real influence am I going to have by screaming on social media or becoming a Twitter warrior uh, to influence policy or the world? What, what impact will I really have? Probably not much because it's very diffused outside of me. Whereas over my children or over myself, I can have a large amount of influence. So the argument was being made. 
we should just stay out of it. We're just going to, we should just pull back and take care of ourselves. Now, here, here in lies the rub. The conservative individualistic worldview wants independence. They say, I don't want to control you and I don't want you to control me. You do your thing. I'm going to do my thing, which is great for everyone who has that worldview. It's great for everyone. If, if everyone believes, you know what, I'm going to live my life and I'm not going to infringe upon you. I'm not going to tell you what you can or cannot do. I'm not going to hurt you, but I'm going to live my, my life in a, in a righteous way. I have maybe different opinions than yours, and that's okay. If everyone was like that, then that would be fine. But there's another group, another worldview out there that's more of a collectivist worldview. And they want to see society controlled. They want to see society essentially giving services to other parts of society, like free healthcare, free food, free housing, essentially socialism. And this group of society, they want power. They want to control others. They want to say what other people can and cannot do. This group of society is actively pushing for a larger government. They're actively pushing to control the narrative, to control media, to control what you say, think, live, what you can or cannot teach your kids, the way that your kids can or cannot be raised. The education system. They are actively pushing forward towards that. Well, if you play that scenario out, what happens? The conservatives, they pull back, they buy 100 acres of land and they start their their farm co-ops. They get their three acres of land and a bunch of chickens and they become self-sustainable and off the grid. Woohoo! It's awesome. It's great. Until they've pulled so far out of society, they've pulled so far out of the world that the collectivists who want to reform and reshape society and do away with capitalism, evil, wicked capitalism altogether, they come into power and what do they do? They come knocking on the farm's door and say, hey, just so you know, us collectivists over here, we've made a decision that you're not allowed to own your land anymore. Why? Because we need to abolish private property. This is their goal to abolish private property so that you cannot have an ability to sustain your family if you wanted to have a homestead and get off the grid. You, if you just get a homestead and get off the grid, but then fail to engage in the society around you in time, maybe not in your generation, maybe not in your kids, maybe, maybe your grandkids, if you totally pull out and no one engages, they're going to say, sorry, you no longer are allowed to own your private property. It now belongs to the state. You might say, well, Lucas, well, Lucas, that's just not true. That's just a slippery slope fallacy. It's just not going to happen. It's just, you're just making, you're being extreme. You're making things up. No, it's happened in the last hundred years. Russia, it happened in Russia. The USSR. Farmers, they had their land taken away from them because they were the, the evil farmers. They were part of the, the bourgeoisie. Why? Because they had a stone chimney. They had a stone fireplace. And well, well that just shows that you're of a, 
a better class and you're a landowner. So we're going to take the land from you. It resulted in then bureaucracy controlling the land, government controlling the land with people who didn't know how to farm the land, which then ended up in a man-made famine. The same exact thing happened in China just years later. The Cultural Revolution. Government comes in, says, hey, don't worry, all you peasants who are working for these rich landowners, we're going to help you out. We're going to strip the landowners of their land. We're going to give it back to the people, which really means we're going to take it as the government. We now control it as the bureaucrats. They did what? Same thing. Man made famine. Millions, millions of people died. The problem then is when we totally pull out of society, we say, you know what? The world's going to world. Peace out. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm just going to, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do my own thing. Peace out. I'm going to raise my kids right. But we're just going to let the world be the world. The world doesn't want to just be the world. The world wants to control your world. The world wants to have a say in how you can or cannot live and what you can or cannot say and how you can or cannot teach or raise your children. The world wants to say whether or not you can have private property. So this is where this is where it becomes a glaring, a glaring issue. And this is why we must stay engaged. We don't have to stay engaged in politics, but we have to stay engaged in our community. I related the, the story how in the, the 1970s and 1980s, the, the religious body of America, the church in America, largely pulled out of politics. They pulled out of education. They pulled out of media. They pulled out of arts and entertainment. Why? Because they said the world is going to world. They said this, this whole world, it's going to fall away. It's, it's, it's doomed. It's gloomed. It's going to pot. We need to pull back and take care of us. We're going to pull out of government. We're going to pull out of education. We're going we're to pull out of the business. We're going to pull out of media, arts. What happens? Well, the people who want to be in there, they come in there and they begin to reform and start to reshape the, the cycles of society, whether it's through education or policy, arts and entertainment, the, the things that are going out on media, the, what is acceptable and not acceptable. And in a short 50 years, 40, 50 years, we see the entire landscape of America changed. The entire landscape in, in a short amount of time. If, we, if, if America were to come back, it would either take a suddenly of God to break in, to totally change the heart and the mind of the American people, or it will take 40, 50 years of hardworking reformation to change the education system, change the media system, change the way that the hundreds of millions of people think and the values that hundreds of million people have. It's very difficult. But that is what happened when those people with conservative values who don't, they're not interested in controlling someone else's life. They, they just want to control their lives. They want to 
help their family and their community. They want to make sure that they are walking in the right way, not necessarily so concerned that you're walking in the right way. When they pull out, that's what happens. Those who, the world that wants to do the world, they step in. Now, there is a huge difference between a nation that has righteous rules. Because the argument is, well, the wicked, the, the wicked are still going to be wicked. Take abortion, for instance. Abortion, ah, you know what? We can outlaw abortion, but it's still going to happen. You know, we can't, you can't legislate morality. The, the most ridiculous thing I've ever, ever heard. You can't legislate morality. No, actually, it is the government's job to legislate morality. It's illegal to steal. That's morality. And it's legislated. It's illegal to kill. That's morality. And it's legislated. Morality ought to be legislated. And if you want to, if you, I'll say it this way. If you live in a country that says, you know what? We are going to set up wicked rules. For instance, part of America, before it was all of America, but now it's, praise God, only part of America, has rules where you can just kill your baby in the womb up to 39 weeks and six days, seven days, 38, 48 weeks, whatever it is. As long as the baby hasn't taken its first breath, you can rip apart and dismember a baby in its mother's womb. That is, was accepted on a nationwide level. If you live in a society that approves of wicked laws, like the dismembering of humans in their mother's womb, then that nation, that society has a level of guilt because you have accepted and, and not taken the effort to fight for just and righteous laws in your nation. So therefore, you are guilty as the collective, as a society, and you will be judged accordingly. And the nation will be judged accordingly. And those are things that show whether a nation is righteous or, or wicked. The legislation that they have and the legislation that they enforce. Now, of course, in places all over the world, even places where abortion is illegal, the argument is, well, even if you make abortion illegal, it, it's still people are still going to have it. People are still going to dismember their children. So why, why should we have a rule? Well, because it, there's, a, there's a massive difference between a nation that says this is wrong and people still do it. And then they prosecute the people who break the law and saying, you know what? You're right. People are still going to shoplift and steal. So we're going to make shoplifting legal. Let's make it legal. legal. That's a great idea. There's a huge difference in that society, in the way that we see whether a nation is just or unjust, righteous or unrighteous, wicked or righteous. So we do not want to be a part of, of a nation that I do not want to be a part of a nation that says, you know what? Infanticide, modern day infanticide and child sacrifice on the altar of prosperity. You know, this back in the day, 
hundreds, thousands of years ago. Child sacrifice. You take, take your infant, your little infant, you sacrifice it to the prosperity god so that you have a good harvest that year. It's the same thing. Well, you know, financially, it's not going to work, and I want to advance my career. Both men and women can say that, by the way. I'm going to sacrifice my baby. Prosperity. You know, why not? There's a difference between accepting that as a community and individuals breaking the law. And if we are in communities where there are unjust laws in our society, we have a responsibility to be active and to be a voice in culture, whether we're not the, the decision makers or not. Because, of course, there are people who are paid a lot of money and way smarter than you or I that are worrying about these problems on a day in, day out basis. But as they say, culture is upstream from politics. What does that mean? It means that the things that happens in politics is because and is affected by the things that are happening in culture. So if we want to affect policy, that policy in, in, in politics is coming from a cultural temperature, a cultural world. Now, of course, that can often backwash back into politics, can backwash into culture. And that's what we're seeing on a, on a daily basis across the world where politics is then also influencing and affecting culture. But even if we're not in politics, we ought to be influencing, investing in, and building up society and culture around us as a voice saying, this is what I believe and this is why I believe it. And this is why it is, is good for society to live and walk this way. Because as we're a voice in culture, that will affect politics. Well, a uh, little shift of notes before we get into our, uh, yeah, that makes sense section. We have a clip by Steve Jobs from a 1995 interview on education and essentially on the woes of public education, which is government education, which is bureaucratic education, which uh, has a lot of downfalls because now in the education system, it's a monopoly. It's a monopoly run by bureaucrats and governments, which inevitably hamstrings children's ability to learn and the education system's ability to become uh, agile and uh, be able to pivot to meet the needs of the market. Here is Steve Jobs from the grave from 1995. I like the people that are teaching my kids to be good enough that they could get a job at the company I work for making $100,000 a year. Well, why should they work at a school for $35,000, $40,000 a year if they could get a job here at $100,000 a year? I think we should basically be hiring them and paying them $100,000 a year. But the problem there, of course, is the unions. Mm. The unions are the worst thing that ever happened to education um, because it's not a meritocracy. It turns into a bureaucracy, which is exactly what's happened. And teachers can't teach, and administrators run the place, and nobody can be fired. It's terrible. And I, I've been very strong believer that what we need to do in education 
is go to the full voucher system. I know this isn't what you no, care about, but this is what I care about a great deal. What happens when a customer goes away and a monopoly gets control, which is what's happened in our country, is that the service level almost always goes down. I remember seeing a bumper sticker when the telephone company was all one, AT&T, the Bell system. I remember seeing a, a, a bumper sticker with the, the Bell logo on it, and it said, we don't care, we don't have to. This is so indicative of, as Steve Jobs is pointing out, of what's happening in the education system, that it's become the government education system. And many people made the argument, well, the government needs to. It's the government's responsibility because if they don't, if the government doesn't create the school system, well, look at all the kids that are going to be left behind. It's the government's responsibility because no one else is doing it. Not the case. It wasn't the case for hundreds of years. For hundreds of years, we had one-room room schoolhouses where kids were educated of how to actually learn the skills that they needed. And because they have these blended classes, it actually created healthier societies and classes because kids were with multiple age groups. And when kids are with multiple age groups, they learn, older kids learn to help kids younger than them. And there's not as much unhealthy competition. So the argument that collectivists, socialists who are pro-government education make is saying the government ought to do that. This is the government's job and responsibility. However, once the government steps into that place and mandates it and you lack the, the, uh, the private sector being able to compete because you've monopolized the education system, all of a sudden you see the quality of education, of quality of education drop across the board. Uh, Steve Jobs continues. You know, and that's what a monopoly is. That's what IBM was in their day, and that's certainly what this, the public school system is. They don't have to care. What does the state of California spend per pupil per year in a public school? What they spend per year per pupil is about $4,400. I believe very strongly that if the, the country gave each parent a voucher, a check for $4,400 that they could only spend at any accredited school, that several things would happen. Number one, schools would start marketing themselves like crazy to parents to get students. Secondly, I think you see a lot of new schools starting. I've suggested as an example, if you go to Stanford Business School, they have a public policy track. They could start a school administrator track. So you could get a bunch of people coming out of college, tying up with somebody who just got out of business school. They could be starting their own schools. You could have 25-year-old kids out of college very idealistic, full of energy. Instead of starting a Silicon Valley company, they'd start a school. And I believe they would do far better than many of our public school teachers do. Not only would they do far better than a public school education system, but there would be a competitive market. Once there's a competitive market, people are competing to gain those customers. People are competing to gain the parent's trust. And now if a parent can go to another school that's doing better, has there's school choice people are going to make that switch and the, the the we talk about this very often on the show the education system and how it's it industrialized and it's also now been weaponized 
to teach and put forward progressive, liberal, anti-moralic, what's the word, cosmic humanistic ideologies. And it's destroying the fabric of society. And this is huge because we can raise our kids in the way that they ought to go. We can put as much time and influence to them that we can. But it's not going to outweigh the 40 hours that they spend at week at school. And it's not going to outweigh the other 20 hours, 30 hours that they spend consuming media that's shaping their worldview. The, the average age that a worldview is established within a individual has dropped from 18 down to nine. It's now nine years old. A kid has a worldview. A kid is established in the way that they're probably going to think for the rest of their life. The views are probably going to hold. Who is influencing those views? Is it the parent? No, it is not. It's the, the institution that has the most amount of contact hours with that child, which is the education system and the media. If we want to see a different world, if we want you to preserve a world for our family, for our children, we must be engaged. We must engage in the education system in a different way than we're engaging today. If we're just putting our kids in a government school and hoping for the best, crossing our fingers and hoping that they're not looking at destructive ideologies on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah, that makes sense. In a post-truth society where we've exchanged truth for lies and reason for postmodern irrationality, the truth, or the absurd, finally makes sense. Well, oh man, it is an absurd world out there this year, this year, this last week. California, the great state of California, <laughs> they banned the sale of electric of gas power cars by the year 2030. States announced a plan to ban the sales of gas-powered vehicles by 2035. Ironically, instead they're saying all vehicles are going to be coal-produced, which is great by me. I love coal. I think coal's great, clean coal. It burns great, and all the byproducts are pretty much filtered out and put back into the earth in carbon deposits or turned into drywall or other materials. And it's just water vapor and carbon dioxide, which comes out the other end. We have an episode on uh, clean coal. If you want to go check that out, it's probably back in the early two, 200s. Not quite sure. Clean coal. Well, they, they passed this law. The regulations passed by California Air Resources Board last week say that 2035, in 2035, the state will require automakers to only sell cars that run on electricity or hydrogen. Though some can be plug-in hybrids that use gas and batteries, people will still be able to buy used cars that run on gas. The company, the car companies will still sell some hybrid plug-ins. So that, that's it in what is that? 13 years. You won't be able to buy a full gas car in the state of California. Ironically, on the 31st of August, 
They write, Today, most people will charge their electric cars when coming home in the evening. When electricity is typically at its peak, according to Cornell's, Cornell's University of College and Engineering, if left unmanaged, the power demand for many electrical vehicles charging sim simultaneously in the evening will amplify the exist existing peak loads, potentially stripping the grid's current capacity to meet demand. With this, the state, great state of California says because our power grid is under such strain due to extreme heat and high demand, the utility grid operator is asking residents to avoid charging their electric vehicles. Well, there you have it, kids. You can buy an electric vehicle. You can only buy an electrical vehicle, but mm, can't charge it, can't use it, can't drive it. After all, it's probably running off of coal. And secondly, there ain't no power to charge it by. Today in the state of California, there's about 80,000 public charging stations, which is far short of the 1.2 million the state is estimated to need by 2030. This is a huge problem, and it's the result of following an ideology rather than following common sense. But there is an agenda. Whether this will actually totally crash the, <laughs> the transportation system in California or whether this will be rolled back, I don't know. But it definitely is crazy. I mean, I, I love electric cars. I wish I had an electric car. I think they're great. What I don't think is great is mandating and saying you don't have the competitive choice. You don't have the choice to decide for yourself, hey, I think my gas power car is going to be better. I'm going to do that. You no longer have a choice of what new car you buy when it comes to the year 2030 in the great state of California. I don't like the fact that they're taking away the choice. I think we should have more electric cars. I think we should have more gas cars. I think that people should have a choice. But with all the insanity in America, people are asking in the last week, I've had multiple questions of, is America being judged? Is, are we witnessing a, a, a judgment of God over America? You look at the insanity, you look at the, the degradation of society. And of course, from the outside, from what you see on media, it's all the, it's all the fringes, it's all the edges. And so it's not the true, the true case. You know, the, these fringes and edges make up about 7 to 14% of the population, but really the 80% of the population is right in the middle, not so divided, not so uh, at war with one another. And they're just living their basic, simple lives, but it's the loud fringes that are making the waves. The question is, will those loud fringes that are making waves be, continue to uh, affect and trickle into the masses? I mean, if you look at the percentage of Gen Z that identify as uh, part of the LGBTQ community, um, I believe it's 40%. It's, it's through the roof. What sort of impact is that going to have on the fabric of America? So is it being judged? Well, I don't know if it's being judged. But I do know that we reap what we sow. And America, just like every other nation, is reaping what we have sown. We are reaping what we have sown. And we do that in our personal lives, which we experience on a much faster level. If you 
if you start taking narcotics or if you start dealing with people in a horrible way, you are going to quickly reap the consequences of those actions. For a society of 350 million people, it takes a little longer to see those effects. It takes decades to see the effects on society as a whole. Well, a study came out going with the insanity of America and postmodernism. More than two-fifths of America believe that civil war is at least somewhat likely in the next 10 years. Two-fifths. In the poll, the YouGov and The Economist said that 65% of all respondents said that political violence has increased since the start of 2021. Slightly fewer, 26%, thought that political violence would increase in the next few years. And participants were also asked, looking ahead to the next 10 years, how likely do you think it is that a civil war will be coming to this country? Among the citizens that responded, 43%, 43% said civil war was at least somewhat likely. Among, uh, among strong Democrats and independents, that number was 40%. And among, among strong Republicans, that number was 54% said that civil war was likely. Many experts believe that countries with democracy and governments, this is uh, Rachel Kleinfeld says, countries with democracies and governments as strong as America do not fall into civil war. But if our institutions weaken, this could be a different story. So whether or not we see a armed conflict in America, time will tell. Many people see that as the, the inevitable progression. I don't necessarily believe that is inevitable, but it is clear that we are witnessing the decline of a superpower, whether that takes 50 years or five years, I don't know, probably closer to 50 years as the dollar is still strong. There's not a clear alternative in the world as of yet, and it might take a, a, a catastrophic event to cause the total upending of the, the current existing world order as we know it, as these things don't just happen, but the big events cause the big changes in the, the societal structure across the globe of world powers. But it, it definitely seems that unless uh, we see a turn, a turn of heart and mind in America, that it will continue on its inevitable decline. Well, this show is brought to you by listeners like you. I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to the show. This is a value for value podcast, which means that we don't have advertisers on the show. This show is supported by listeners like you, giving 16 bucks a month or 100 bucks a month. Whatever value you feel like you get out of the show, we ask that you can, would give back to the show to support it. You can do so by visiting lucasrobot.com backslash support to give your hard, cold fiat, or you can listen on apps like Breeze or Sphinx, where you can stream Satoshi's little Bitcoins as you listen. Well, don't go away. We'll be right back with our closing Weaver and Loom segment. Welcome. 
Welcome back to Weaver and Loom, a part of the show where we take ancient wisdom and we weave it in with our everyday lives so that we can own our future and weave our destiny. Today's quote actually comes from the Bible. Today's quote is from Revelation chapter 22, verse 11. Revelation, book of Revelation is the, the last book of the New Testament. And at the very end of it, we find this first, which is fitting for today's episode. It says, let the evildoer still do evil. Let the filthy still be filthy. And the righteous still do right and the holy still be holy. Let the evildoer still do evil. Let the holy still do holy. Let the right still do right. The world is going to world. And we have to realize that we do not have the power to control, as just as an individual, I don't have the power to control what someone else does, says, believes, or thinks. But I have the autonomy over my person to walk in the fear of God. I can't control whether or not someone else has the fear of God or whether someone else wants to raise their kids in the fear of God. But I can control for myself and I can encourage. I can help. I can aid. I can be a voice. You can be a voice and a light in your community of the things that are, are good and upright and trustworthy to set our eyes upon, to focus on. We can be that voice in our culture. We can be that voice around us to say, actually, here's, here's reason, here's logic, here's the evidence of why these thought patterns, why these beliefs, why these actions are terribly destructive to you, your children, and society. Here's why. Let me lay out the evidence. We, can, we ought to be prepared at every time to give argument, to give reason, not to debate and argue, but to give reason filled with grace and kindness and love of why we believe the things that we believe and why it would benefit others to believe them as well. Because their life, their life in this, in this age and the next will be significantly improved, significantly improved if they do. But we ought to have the capacity and the ability to make those arguments and not just be passive and not just draw out of society, but remain in society, but still remain a, a man or a woman with our morals, our ethics, our values, with a fear of God and wanting to raise our families in the right way, but not being so afraid of being stained by the world that we completely pull out of it. And we just let, we just let the world be the world. Yes, the world will be the world. The wicked will continue to do wicked. Whether you put righteous laws in place in a nation or not, people are still going to steal and people are still going to kill their babies. It, it happens even in the most conservative nations on, in the world where there have, they have laws against abortion. Yes, the wicked will still be wicked, but we can raise up healthy societies, healthy government, healthy legislation. We can have an influence in culture or actually in politics or in education or in business or in arts and entertainment or on social media. We can 
be a different voice that encourages people to walk rightly. Well, that's all for today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Another way you can support the show is by getting my book, Anchored the Discipline to Stop Drifting. Uh, It's a short book, 90 pages or so. And I wrote this book in a time of my life where I realized that all the metrics that I had were broken. The algorithms that I had for success in my life was broken, not working. And so I started to reevaluate the way that I evaluate my life. And out of it came this book, Anchored the Discipline to Stop Drifting. I still think about these principles that I talk about in this book every single day. Every day, I'm thinking about these principles. And so if you feel like you're drifting and you are trying to get more traction in your life, I highly recommend this book, Very Actionable. Another way that you can get more value out of the show is by sharing the show with someone who thinks like you. Don't go sharing the show passive aggressively with someone to be like, aha, I told you. I mean, I guess you can do that. I personally don't like when someone does that to me. When they send me a link and say, hey, check this out, and it's clear that I don't think this way, and they really are just trying to convince me of something. No, do that in an in-person conversation. Sit down, have a conversation with them, talk about it, build a bridge of relationship if you're going to do that. But I love when people send me stuff and send me episodes or shows or clips because it makes me feel loved. So if you have someone that you want to make feel loved today, send them this episode. Well, that is all. That is all. If you have any questions, you can WhatsApp me at plus one two zero two nine two two zero two two zero, and we'll answer it right here on the show. Go out this week and continue to be a voice in culture because people are truly watching how you live your life. That's all. Talk to you next time.